This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The following is a presentation of Radio.com Sports. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. Radio.com Sports presents Big Time Baseball Players Edition. I'm Tony Gwynn Jr. alongside Ben Davis. And listen, we have a terrific episode lined up for you today. We're going to bring in former outfielder slash pitcher Rick Enkiel to talk about a number of different topics. Uh, baseball, Big Time Baseball Players Edition is part of Radio.com, which allows you to listen to your favorite radio stations for free anytime, anywhere. Listen to over 300 stations and over 1,100 podcasts. Explore by location or genre to find music, news, and sports from your own location or across the country. You can follow Radio.com Sports on Twitter at RDC Sports. Now, all right, Ben, now in light of Garrett Cole's 300 strikeout, which we'll get to here in a little bit, uh, I wanted to kind of quiz you a little bit on on who were the guys that gave you the most trouble in terms of strikeouts. Oof. Can you guess? Can you give me your your top guesses of of the guys you struck out the most against? I'm going to go with uh, first and foremost off the top of my head, Randy Johnson. I don't know if Bing. he's if, is, that, is that number one? <laughs> That's number one. <laughs> Who'd have thunk it? Um, that, that dude was just nasty. It was just, I mean, two pitches. You didn't know what one you were getting, but it was just, it was, it seemed like he was letting it go from 40 feet. And, uh, <laughs> right. it, it was, it was not, not a fun at bat. Uh, thank God I was a switch hitter because facing lefty on lefty, I, I would not win any part of him. That uh, let me think. Number two, Ooh, I'm going to have to go. I'll give, with... I'll give you a hint. I'll give you okay. a hint. These next, these next couple, you're tied. There's no, there's no one that's more than the others. Uh, Randy Johnson takes the cake. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Jared Washburn. He is not on the list. Not on the list. Huh? How about Chan Ho Park? Chan Ho Park is not on the list. I'll give you, I'll give you your next couple. Okay. Shane, Shane Reynolds. Shane Reynolds. You had 14 uh, at bats. You had six punches. Oof. Uh, How about today or Nomo? Nomo's not on there either. Man. John, John Burkett? Really? Yes. You had 11 at-bats, struck out six times. Jeez, a Christmas. The angry one, John Lackey. Uh, 11 A-Bs, also six punch-outs. Oh, I should have gotten him for sure. And then Tanyan Sturtz. That's a throwback name right there. Tanyan Sturtz? Yeah, 11 A-Bs as well, six punch-outs. Wow. 
I would have never guessed that one. I knew Randy. I knew Randy was at the top, though. That was that was a no brainer for me. You generally remember the ones that gave you the most difficulty, right? Yes, yes, indeed. And he was definitely at the top. I will say though, I did catch him slip at one time, Tony. <laughs> That's all that matters. That's, That's all, all that matters. And you know what? I remember that more so than the strikeouts. <laughs> <laughs> oh funny. my gosh, that is unbelievable. Um, yeah, a lot of strikeouts this year. I'm going to ask you the same question and to see exactly who struck you out the most. Do you have any idea as to who that would be? I don't, but I- I'm going to start with Matt Kane. Matt Kane is not on the list. He's not on the list. Not on the uh, list. One of his teammates is, however. Oh, then it's it's Lynchcomb then, for sure. Yes, yes. He's number two. <laughs> he is number two all time that you have struck out. You had 22 at-bats against Lincecum and struck out five times. How about uh, Carpenter? Not on the list. Not on the list. There is another righty that's at the very top. Oh, Gabaldo Jimenez. Yes, yes, indeed. Yes. Third, yeah. there are nine career at bats, six strikeouts. That is not a good percentage. <laughs> and I did, and I did not catch him slipping. By the way. <laughs> no, but you did. You were able to, to get two hits off him, and one of those being a double. So you know what? That's that's good in my yeah. book. Um, yeah, but Abaldo, man, at that point in his career, uh, he was like the first starter I'd seen that threw a hundred. Like he was throwing a hundred, and he was throwing that. Uh, Mudcat Grant likes to call it a lane changer. He start that ball like right on my hip and then run it back at about like 101. Yeah, and it was it was hard to deal with to say the least. Yeah, that's uh, one thing that that Huddy used to do when we every time we faced the A's, he would throw that front door front uh, front door two seamer at your hip, and you, you you see a pitch that's coming at your hip, and you're like, okay, you, how am you I going to actually want to move? You want to move, <laughs> and it's like I can't swing at a pitch that you think is going to hit you. Um, but no. that's what that's what Huddy did so well. Hudson was he's just nasty, and um, you know, talk about I, I I thought he would have been on that list of of guys that struck me out. Um, well, I I tell you what, at least you have a, a Hall of Famer on your list. You know, it's it's tough to it's 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 easy to swallow that you had 15 at bats and 11 punch outs. To Randy Jones, Randy Johnson, because at the end of the day, he, he's in the HOF. So yes, yes, you, you he take, did. You take the cake on that. One. <laughs> so the the three others on the list, and you struck out four times against these guys. Was Yovani? No, no, man. Clifton Pfeiffer Lee is not on the list. Yovani um, Gallardo, ten at bats. Oh yeah, four punches. And Kennedy, twelve at bats, four punches. And Joe Saunders, ten at bats, four punches. So. Yeah, Joe gave me Joe gave me fits. I did get him for a triple though in Anaheim, but he gave me fits because he was one of those lefties that had that two way fastball. He could sink it on you, you can cut it, and you know for a lefty facing the lefty, that's like your worst nightmare. You want the lefty to at least just only have one of those, but when they have both, I tended to struggle. Yeah, you know we were talking, we were actually talking about this on the pregame show the other night uh, here in Philly because of the the numbers that Bryce Harper had against Julio Tehran. And Bryce, the other night, hit his ninth career home run against Julio Tehran. Ninth. And it's it's the most by any active hitter against an active pitcher. And I just, nine home runs. Um, At one point, he had 18 hits against uh, Tehran, and eight of which were homers. That that blows my mind. I said that, you know, there's certain guys that you just fare really well against. You see the ball better for whatever reason. 
And other guys, you go up there thinking, you know what, you might as well just put 0-2 or 1-2 on the scoreboard right now because I don't have a chance against this guy. You know, it's it's yeah, yeah. it's some guys, and you know, some of the names on these lists, they're not hall of we don't you know, not hall of fame guys except for the one, but for whatever reason, they could punch your ticket, and it's very frustrating. Yeah, no, I mean, in my case, you know, at that time, Lynchicum was one of the best pitchers in the league. He he kind of held that reign for uh, four or five years. But you're right. There's just one. Some days there are guys you face that no matter what they do, you got them. like their sequences. You see the ball well. All of those things line up. And then the other days, I, I liken it to when. Crucky got into the box against Randy Jones in that all-star game where he flipped the helmet on, went on to the right side. I liken it to that feeling a a lot of times when you struggle against a guy. No, absolutely. On that same subject, who was – give me the the two nastiest guys you ever faced. Oh, well, Cliff Lee was one. Really? I actually actually remember him having me so mind-messed up in a game that on the third punch-out in the game that I had against him, it was one of those, okay, I think he's going to go away. He might come in, and he ends up throwing it down the middle, and you get one of those, like, I didn't see the ball swings. Right. And I, I remember him jogging off the field with his glove over his face, like literally horse laughing as he <laughs> went back to the box, as he went back to the dugout. And I remember I became a teammate of his, like, the next year. And I was like, Cliff, I thought that was so disrespectful. He just laughed at me. And, and he didn't even remember. That's how insignificant it was in his mind. Right. <laughs> who, was, who else you got? Cliff, yeah, Cliff Lee and who else? Cliff, Cliff Lee was one uh, uh, carpenter for the Cardinals. Really? He, he, yeah, he was another one. Uh, but the other one that used that gave me fits, especially early on, was Roy Oswald. Mm-hmm. Because he would his, his windup and everything was so quick that the ball felt like it was literally exploding out of his hand. I'm and with you. Like the, the first six, seven at bats, I just couldn't get the timing down at all. He was just blowing me out. I'm with you. Uh, I will say that uh, Roy Oswald struck me out three times on nine pitches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I think he might have got me twice on six pitches, so I shouldn't laugh too hard. Yeah, and at the third time, I remember going back to the bench, and Brett Boone looks at me and he goes, hey, what's he throwing you? And he just kind of like, snickered, you know, <laughs> And I'm like, I, I just completely lost, but he, he got me. Um, I will say that the two, the two, the two nastiest guys that are faced are Randy Johnson and Pedro Martinez. I would say Pedro was number one nasty, but I just didn't face him a whole lot being in separate divisions, you know, um, right, but Pedro right. was just, it was special. Uh, the ball just coming. It's, it's kind of like that same trajectory that Oswald had, like the ball was just hopping at you. Uh, they were just, yeah, you know, drop yeah. and drive guys. They just collapse that backside and shoo. They would, it would just go to a different, take it to a different level and the change up and the cutter. And he can make balls go, just go every which way, but his fastball command was unbelievable. Um, and then, I did, I didn't like, I didn't like facing Matt Cain either. Now that I'm, yeah. I'm bringing it up because he was, didn't have that explosion that we we're talking about, Oswald, but his ball was extremely heavy mm-hmm. and he would cut it in on you and he would, sometimes he wouldn't even cut it. It just felt like a cutter because it was so heavy right. on the inner half. And because he kind of had that like, catcher motion where he's throwing it out of his ear i just the it was on me so quick just never really got the timing on him either yeah yeah i never faced him i'm glad i never had to face him because my numbers would have been even worse (laughs) (laughs) uh i I spoke on it a little bit uh earlier the astros they finally reach 100 wins to start the year 
uh, or to as we get towards the end of the year, Garrett Cole notches his 300 strikeout. Um, ben, this is I, I guess this isn't a surprise, right? The Astros have been one of the teams who who were picked to win uh, not only their division but uh, the American League along with the Yankees. So I, I guess this comes as no surprise. This team winning 100, getting 100 wins again. No, not at all. And you look at their starting rotation. It's uh, first of all, it's a joke. It, they can beat you in so many different ways. You want to pitch? Okay, we'll pitch. We'll throw Verlander. We'll throw Cole and Granky at you. Uh, and Miley. I mean, this guy, this poor guy's getting. I saw T-shirts made up. and said, you know, Wade Miley and the Four Aces or something. It's like this guy gets no respect. You know, um, it, it's it, this team is is legit, and they can beat you obviously on the mound. Their, their bullpen is solid, but what they do at the plate, they play tremendous defense. They steal bases. It's like, you know what? If you want to go against the Yankees, you want to hit the ball out of the ballpark, okay, we'll hit the ball out of the ballpark. You want to play small ball and, and go first to third, we can do that. Uh, we can pitch it. We can close it out. They're just – they're special, and there's no – you know, Garrett Cole with 300 punchies, this dude just has – I mean, I love watching him pitch. He's got that mentality. He looks Bulldog. a little certifi- He looks a little certifiable out on the mound. He, he does. You know? He does, but he's nasty. I, I, I got to say, it, I mean, we, we've, we've already talked about you and I and how terrible we were striking out a lot to different pitchers. But this 300 strikeout for Garrett Cole, it's, it's a pretty big milestone, huh? It really is, and especially pitching in that ballpark. I mean, you've played there. It is a bandbox, but – you know, he's able to stay off barrels and, and, you know, keep guys from putting balls in play. Once he gets ahead of you, it's almost like it, it's just yeah. – it's unfair. He's got so many weapons to punch your ticket with. He's got – he's got uh, – he, he got the four-dimensional fastball, right? He can he can sink it. He can run it. He can cut it. And he, and he has enough velocity to give you that illusion as a hitter that the ball is actually rising. So – and that's, we haven't even at that point we haven't even talked about his breaking ball or any of his secondary pitches. So clearly, and when we look at the Astros as a as a team, if you're going to say there was a a team that is complete, I would say the Astros are that team. Doesn't mean they're going to win the American League the uh, American League uh, pennant, but it, when you look at them on paper, you look at the numbers they've put up. Uh, from an offensive, defensive, and pitching standpoint, this is the most complete team, I believe, in all of baseball. I would agree with you. Um, again, it's it's top to bottom. It's 1 through 25. Um, and I think A.J. Hinch does a phenomenal job with this bunch because you have so many superstars on one team, but yet they yeah. all play together. They're all fighting like it's game seven in every game of the regular season. So, uh, you know, you got to tip your cap to A.J. Hinch. He's absolutely phenomenal. But you're right. They can um, – they are the most complete team, and it's you, you wonder how they cannot win the, the AL pennant, right? And you're thinking, well, the playoffs, that's the greatest thing about baseball. You just never know. If they, they happen to the get cold, yeah, if they get cold for whatever reason or the pitchers start to you know get some balls up in the strike zone, say to a Yankees team, those balls are going to end up in the seats. So anything can happen. That's what's so special about the playoff time. All right, Ben, mo- moving on to a- another team in the AL, the Red Sox. They had a very interesting uh, kind of kind of baseball history take place, right? You had Mike Ustrzemski, uh, who plays for the the, the Giants. Uh, of course, I think it's his grandfather, Carl Ustrzemski, threw out the first pitch. He caught the first pitch and then would later go deep dead central. Now, I saw a, a side-by-side photo of them taking a swing of, on that homer. 
and it looked almost identical. It was yeah. pretty crazy. Pretty sweet to watch, too. It is pretty sweet to watch because if you think about it, you don't know if like Yaz will ever have a chance to play there again because of the interleague play, right? You know, right. it's it's and having that opportunity and that's one thing I I wish I could have done uh, was hitting a home run at, at Fenway because I think it's the best ballpark in all of baseball. Uh, but to do it in that setting with his grandfather there, I mean, you couldn't ask for anything more special than that. And everything that Mike Yastrzemski has had to go through to get to the big leagues you know, all these years he spent with the Orioles, no one gave him a shot. And yet yeah. he comes up here and he does what he does. Um, it's just really special. And it's very cool to see, because listen, th- let's be honest. The fans at Fenway can be tough at times. People always say the New York fans are tough. Hey, I got to tell you the Boston fans are, are no, no walk <laughs> no in the joke. park, no, no walk in the yeah. park. So uh, for them to react the way they did shows obviously how much they appreciate everything that Carl Yastrzemski did for them. But to show that kind of appreciation for his grandson that plays on a completely different team when they're out of the race, and uh, it was that says that speaks volumes about them and and what their, that Yastrzemski name means to Boston. Hey everybody, Cody Decker here from Swings and Misses, the Radio.com Sports Original, here to talk to you about 4hims.com. 4hims.com is your one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. 66% of men lose their hair by age 35. And you know what? I'm 32 and I've been taking hymns for three weeks now. Baseball did everything it could to take my hairline away from me, whether it was just wearing a helmet, wearing a hat, or my managers just not playing me, my hair was going away. And I'm 32 years old and I don't want to be part of this statistic anymore. Thanks to science, baldness can be optional. Hims is helping guys be the best versions of themselves with licensed physicians and FDA-approved products to help you regrow your hair. 4Hims connects you to real doctors online. Get the hair loss treatment everybody's talking about, featured in GQ, Men's Health, Playboy, just to name a few, not to mention, I talk about it every day on our Radio.com original Swings and Misses. Go to 4Hims.com slash swings. That's 4Hims, F-O-R-M. H-I-M-S dot com slash swings. So as we finish that discussion with Mikey Yastrzemski and his grandfather, Carl, obviously the Hall of Famer. Tony, obviously your dad, a Hall of Famer. Is any anything stick out in your mind, maybe a special little thing that you and your dad got to do on the field? Uh, there's a couple things. I think uh, the day I made or my first big league hit was, I believe it was 22 years to the exact day that my dad got his and wow. it was same hit or same, same piece of hit right double down the right field line. Uh, he was in, he was in San Diego. I was in San Francisco. Uh, but if I'm not mistaken, he got his first big league hit off of Kruko, uh, who was doing the game that I got my hit in. So, wow. uh, <laughs> uh, so we, we had a, a few different, uh, kind of, Matches. I got to catch my dad on uh, first pitch when I was a Dodger. Uh, both D. Gordon and I caught our dad. His dad, Flash Gordon. Obviously, my dad, Tony Gwynn. We got to uh, catch first pitches from them, which was pretty cool uh, on Father's Day. But uh, you know, those are type of moments, and I'm sure uh, Mike will feel the same way. Those are type of moments that you just hang on to for the rest of your life. Like no matter what happens, it'll always be stuck in your in your mind uh, as something special and the fact that Mike got to go deep in the same yard that his grandfather did, mm. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Let's transition to the, the National League East. And, man, and you get a chance to see this kid up close and personal. But 
Acuna Jr., man. I mean, he's a couple stolen bases away from 40-40. We haven't seen it since uh, Soriano did it. Um, this kid is, is something else. And he's I, I don't even like calling him a dark horse for an MVP when he's putting up these kind of numbers. And his team is sitting atop the, uh, the National League East. And guess what? They're not that far behind the Dodgers as far as best record. No, they're not. Uh, this guy is special. He leads all the National League in plate appearances. Um, he, talk about a five-tool player. I mean, he can beat you in so many different ways. Will he be the next Mike Trout? Oh, man, they're big shoes to fill, but he's going to be pretty darn close. Um, if anything, I think he might be able to sustain with his legs, the stolen bases maybe a little bit more than Mike has. Um, he's definitely going to hit a lot of home runs. Uh, it's a good park to hit in. This guy is special, man. I'm telling you what, he is special. He got to a fastball against Aaron Nola yesterday that was in off the plate at 90. I think it was 94. I saw, I saw that, yeah. And not only did it hit, he hit it in upper deck, but he kept it fair. Um, he doesn't have, his, his setup is pretty simple, right? There's not a whole lot of movement going on. He holds his hands where he does, shows you just how strong this young man is, and he gets it through the zone in a hurry. Uh, good luck to anyone else in the National League East for the next <laughs> 10 years because this dude can flat out rake. You know, one thing that stands out to me, and and, and I, I, you guys know I'm, I'm a nerd when it comes to hitting mechanics, but uh, one of the things that almost all major leaguers do when they get to the launch, the launch position, which is the, the hitting position in which you're going to attack the baseball, the barrel is at like a, almost a 45-degree angle above the 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 button that would be the button on your hat, right? Mm -hmm. He doesn't get to that position. His bat is almost sticking straight up in the air when he gets to going. And it's just amazing how consistent he is from a power standpoint, from a contact standpoint. Um, I marvel at it, man. Like this guy is the truth. And he got to that inside fastball. As you said, he kept it fair, but it was easy. It Mm -hmm. wasn't as though he had to like tuck his hands it was in the regular course of the swing, and he got there. And listen, I haven't seen anybody keep a ball fair like that since Barry Bonds. Like, Barry Bonds was famous for hitting balls that were in off the plate and keeping them fair, like what nobody else in the world could. That was impressive off of Nola the other night. I thought that was one of the most impressive swings I've seen all season long. Yeah, and he could beat you with a glove, obviously his legs. But uh, like I said, he is, he is legit and cheap. The Braves locked him up for 10. <laughs> He's super cheap. I mean, seriously, I don't know if he sold himself short. I don't know how happy the union's going to be about it, but the bottom they're line not. is – You're guaranteed they're not. <laughs> no, but the Braves, they uh, they locked him up as, as well they should. And, um, you know, it's going to be – like I said, it's going to be fun to watch. Not for a lot of and all these teams, but for baseball in general, it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, let's talk about your Phillies, man. They're, they are, are hanging by the hairs of their chinny-chin-chin here in this wild card, man. They – uh, what they're four games out. We got about two weeks to go. Um, is it time to close the door on the Phillies? Yeah, I, I as much as I want them to do it, I just don't know if they have the horses. Um, you know, I don't know if the starting rotation has been good. The bullpen, believe it or not, is has actually held it held up its own. Um, it has. But, you yeah. know, they for for guys that really just got it called up out of nowhere. Uh, all the injuries they've had down the bullpen. The bullpen's been pretty darn good. Uh, Jose Alvarez has been great. Hector Neris has been great. Uh, but the starting rotation just has not been able to do it. And the offense is too inconsistent. So from that aspect, I'm going to say, uh, no, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. 
Let's move to the Nationals. The Nationals uh, sitting atop that wild card. Only one game separates them and Milwaukee from the top wild card spot. They've hit a little bit of a cold spell here, Ben. I haven't seen a lot of them as of late, but you're over in the East. What have you seen from them? Well, yeah, they did hit a cold spell, but I think they hit, if this makes any sense, I think they hit the cold spell at the right time. You know, they got it out of their system. It wasn't like they were doing it at the very end uh, where other teams were maybe going to have a chance to pull ahead of them. I, it's only a matter of time before they start to get hot again. That lineup's too good. The starting rotation, um, it's, the, it's the first time ever that they had three pitchers on a team of 200 strikeouts or whatever it was in the National League. Uh, it, it's it's unbelievable. Oh, it's Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin. They've been, they've been great. And you know what? Give Corbin a lot of credit. I think he kind of gets lost in the name game. For the for, you yeah, know amongst does. that trio, but he signed a huge deal with the Nats, and boy, he's lived up to him. He's been phenomenal this year, so that's been uh, that's been fun to watch. Um, but I think the Nats are going to hold on. I think it's ultimately it's going to be the Nats and the Cubs uh, down the line for the, for those two wild cards. Let's let's skip to the National League Central uh, as our closing topic. The Cardinals uh, are holding on to that to that National League Central. You got as I said, the Brewers. And the Cubs battling it out for that second wild card spot. The Cubs fall behind uh, the Brewers last night um, with a huge home run from Matt Carpenter, who's had a tough season this year. Hits an extra inning, tenth inning homer to gives them the lead, puts the Cubs away. How do you how do you see this shaking out? We talked about it last week. Milwaukee is really benefiting from the fact that they have an easier schedule going down the stretch here, and it's starting to show right now. Yeah, and Mike Moustakis is off the chain right now. This dude is hotter than anybody. Um, I think that ultimately the Cardinals hold on to win the National League Central. I don't. I just don't see them going anywhere. Their starting, starting rotation has been top-notch. These boys are dealing out there. They're getting timely hitting. Um, I just don't see them going anywhere. The Cubs, despite the, the two big injuries to Rizzo and Baez, they're hanging in there. Um, I think ultimately they're going to get that second wild card, like I said, along with Nationals. Um, I, th- I just don't know if the the, the uh, Brewers have the pitching. I really don't. Um, yeah. It's a fun story to watch, the rally around Christian Yelich going down for the rest of the season, but uh, I just don't think they have the horses either. You, you, you're probably you're probably right. It's and it, it, listen. If I'm being honest, as a baseball fan, I don't necessarily want to see the Brewers go in there and not be at full strength. Right? They're, they're not going to be near the team that they are with Christian Yelich. I know we just finished talking about you have to play the game to see what happens, but I just don't. I, I'd rather see the Cubs in there, who I know at least are healthy, uh, going in there with their with their guns, uh, as opposed to the Brewers uh, winning it. Although. Listen, it's very likely in my mind that the Brewers could walk away and win uh, this whole thing without because because of the simple fact that the scheduling uh, has just gotten is just so much easier uh, for the Brewers than it is the Cubs. We're going to talk more baseball with Rick Ankiel coming up next. Before we get into Rick Ankiel, hiring can be a challenge. As Codable co-founder Gretchen Hebner discovered, Gretchen needed to hire a game artist for her education tech company. She knew it wouldn't be easy to find someone to grow her team. That's why she went to ZipRecruiter.com. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. So you get qualified candidates fast. Gretchen posted her job on ZipRecruiter and said she was impressed with how quickly she found qualified applicants. She also used ZipRecruiter's screening questions to filter her candidates so she could focus on the best ones. 
And that's how Gretchen found a new game artist in less than two weeks. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Well, we're very happy to bring on a friend of ours, Rick Ankeel, who spent time in the majors as both a pitcher and a hitter and has worked in several different roles throughout baseball since retirement. Rick, thanks so much for coming on the show. Oh, my pleasure. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself right now and what, what you are currently doing. Okay, so currently I'm with Fox Midwest as a sports analyst doing pre and post, a uh, few innings here and there in the booth, and then trying to uh, move forward with that in a more prominent role next year and, and um, just really see how many games that the Cardinals will give me. Um, I'm living down in South Florida. I have two little boys that are seven and eight, so coaching them in all sports. And then um, I filmed filmed a documentary also that's going to air October 4th. Uh, after one of the playoff games. So so that'll be pretty fun. Looking forward to that and seeing how that project turns out. Very cool. That's awesome. Well, we Tony and I did a little uh, experiment earlier in the show. We talked about Gary Cole's 300 strikeout. And we went through a list of guys that we struck out the most against. Tony struck out the most against Ubaldo Jimenez. I struck out the most against Randy Johnson. No shocker there. Uh, but let's get, we're going to play a little game with you. See if, if you could figure out who, what pitchers, you struck out the most against while hitting. Do you have oh, any idea who's at the um, very top of that list? Man. Um, Josh, I have no idea, to be honest. I feel like it's hard to know. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to give you an answer. It's Number one is Chad Billingsley. Okay. You had 13 at, yeah, you had 13 at-bats against him. You did get four hits, but you struck out nine times in 13 at-bats against him. You know what? He yeah. he has that four-seam rise ball, and mm-hmm. I know you guys can attest this, but for me as a lefty, I honestly wanted no part of that thing. It looked great coming out of his hand, and by the time I swung, it was it was eye level above my head somewhere. It was, it was, <laughs> what's interesting on your list, Rick, uh, you have about three of those guys on here that have that rise ball. You have Oswalt, Roy Oswalt. You had not eight punch-outs against him. Uh, and Ebaldo Jimenez. Jimenez is also on your list. You had six against him. All three of those dudes, yep. I felt I felt the same exact way. It's like they could all sink it, they could cut it, but then they had that rise ball that looked, it's like chocolate mousse, right? It, it looks so good, but it, it's so bad for you. And every time <laughs> you swing at it, right? It, you know what? If I could go back in time and face those guys again, I think I would swing at the first one and then just go <laughs> auto-take for the rest of the event, hoping to get a walk. I hear you on that. Now, on the flip side, you're one of the rare cats that can say, okay, I struck out this many times against this pitcher, but you also have a list of guys that you punched out a lot. Do you, can, you, do you, can you give me anybody on that list? Oof. Um, you, know, God, you know, back when I was young, too, I was really trying to punch guys out. I don't know, man. I mean, I tried to go after all the big guys. So, I mean, I would have to guess maybe somebody in the NL Central since I faced them the most. You did. Um, you got you got Hidalgo in there. You got uh, Jose Hernandez. Julio Lugo was the guy you punched out the most. Uh, Jeremy nice. Burnitz, Reggie Sanders. Yeah, those guys were pretty much all uh, National League Central guys at that time. 
Yeah. I mean, well, I can see that being the case, but I know I gave Barry Bonds a hat trick too. I was pretty proud of that. <laughs> you don't forget those ones, right? Yeah, yep. not many people can say that. Uh, you know, we have look at Albert Pujols and all that he's accomplished in this game, and obviously one of your teammates with St. Louis. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about Albert and what he meant to not only the Cardinals but to the game of baseball in general? I mean, for me, this is one of the greatest right-handed bats to ever play in the MLB. And I remember when he came up in 2001 because he started. He came from A ball. The next year spring training started we went through spring and he made the team out of spring it was incredible um the first thing i noticed about him was that wide stance because it was odd that he had so much power from that type of stance um you know when when that 2001 season started his first season and you started to watch what he was doing against big league pitching it was jaw dropping and i remember thinking who is this guy and how can it be that easy you know the funniest thing about it um, two th- after 2001 and the 2002 in spring training, the Cardinals organization had every hitter standing with a wide stance trying to hit like Albert. It was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rick, I want to ask you a little bit about the kind of the new thing that's that's kind of hit baseball. You know, Shohei Otani uh, is a starter for the Angels, not this year, but he's a pitcher and a hitter. Michael Lorenzen's had some success doing that. Uh, I, I guess you didn't do it all at the same time, but you were one of the first to to go from pitching to hitting uh, and, and doing it well at that. Uh, what's your thoughts on on the game and how it's evolved? You're seeing more of these two-way players kind of pop up here and there. Um, I love it. I mean, I hope maybe my story opened the door for guys to do it. I, I think um, when you look at the timing of Shohei Otani, because he was doing it at such a high level in Japan and the way the game is kind of changing, you know, if you go to starting pitching, right? I mean, they typically it's five innings, six innings at the most, they might not even see the lineup the third time through. Um, And, and then I think you take a look at the way we're using bullpens, especially go back over the last two world series and watch how many times the bullpen we've used and the way it was used. Well, if you can insert a guy like Shohei Otani, um, you know, it could have changed the outcome of the World Series without question, right? If you could have just stuck him in right field, maybe got an inning there and put him back on the mound and then save a bullpen guy. But I just feel like the way that the game is evolving right now, it's the perfect time for it. The way we understand training, the way we understand eating, you know, everything that comes with it. Um, I'm happy for it. I think it's fantastic. I, I think it's been a long time coming, and I think you're just going to see more and more of it. You know, Rick, you look back at some of your numbers and, I mean, 76 career home runs. The one year in St. Louis in 2008, you hit 25 home runs. And you mentioned striking Barry, giving Barry Bonds a hat trick. And, you know, one year I was catching and Barry Bonds hit 12 home runs just when I was catching. So to say you struck this guy, yes, it's true. 12 strike. Were you putting the fingers down, Ben, when he gave up the 12? I should have just, yes, I should have just told him what was coming. Maybe we'd had maybe a little bit more luck. But no, I mean, to say that you struck out Barry Bonds three times in a game, not many people can say that. But also, conversely, to 76 home runs, what felt better, hitting a home run or punching out Barry Bonds? Oh, man. All right, so I got it. I mean, both, really. I think hitting a home run because I feel like, and I've asked a bunch of guys this question because I always get asked, what did I like? What did I like better, right? Um, 
hitting home run, I think, is something you dream of from the time you were like three years old. It's always the walk-off home run that you're dreaming about. And it's typically not striking a guy out. Or it may be standing on the mound as the last out of the World Series. But I feel like more than anything, everybody dreams of hitting that walk-off home run. And And I can remember my first one very well. Um, it's a surreal moment. I'm sure as, as it was for you guys, you're jogging around the bases thinking, you know, that I just did that. That just happened. And you know what? Chicks dig the long ball. Let's be honest. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> and there's, there's no doubt about it. Cause I, I can remember the first one I hit. It, it took everything in my power not to like have a smile running around the face. I was trying to be professional. Like I'd done it before, but the first one I hit in Arlington, it was just like, everybody could see it through my face. But Rick, I, I want to ask you a little bit about, uh, you, you talked about, you know, your transition and wanting to be uh, an analyst. I think you'll be a terrific one because of your experience as a player. Uh, but you also, uh, in my last year playing in, in the Nationals organization, you were a life skills coach uh, for, for for a lot of the players. Tell us a little bit about what that entailed. Yeah, you know, I really liked that. Um, it was basically just being a mentor, being there for the guys, whether I could help with on-the-field stuff, off the field experiences. I mean, when you take a look at my career, I pitched, I hit, I went through the yips. Um, I spent an incredible amount of time with a guy named Harvey Dorfman, um, who to me was, you know, one of the best psychologists in the game, but he helped me get through the throwing issues. But not only that, you know, helped me become the young man um, into a professional young man, a good man, right? Yeah. Um, so I think it was just combining all those experiences um, and being able to share it, you know, with the young guys or whoever to just try to help them, whether it was on the field or off the field. And, um, you know, I always like to say it was my Harveyisms that I was just trying to get back. But, you know, the game needs it. As you guys know, uh, it is such it is so mentally draining. Right. I mean, it's tough. It's just it's a high stressful environment. Um, I, I know when I was playing every day, you kind of know that. But then it didn't really cement itself with me until I retired. And then I was like, oh, my yeah. God, I felt like the 50-pound weight was taken off of me. So um, I really Preach. did enjoy that role, and uh, it was fun to help. Well, Rick, we really appreciate you coming on with us today. Um, it, obviously, we're able to accomplish so much in your career. And uh, I agree with Tony. I think you'll be a great analyst because you know how to hit it, you know how to pitch it, and everything in between. So the best of luck in that venture, and uh, we look forward to talking to you soon. Hey, I appreciate it, guys. Hopefully we cross paths soon. Absolutely, you, Rick. Rick. Have a good one. Well, that's going to do it for this week on Radio.com's Big Time Baseball Players Edition. Presented by Radio.com Sports. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you download your podcast by searching Big Time Baseball. You can also find it on Twitter at RDC Sports. Until next time, I'm Tony Gwynn Jr. He's Ben Davis. We'll see you next week. This has been a presentation of Radio.com Sports.